0: Hello everybody welcome back to the 832 podcast so before we get started we both got haircuts fairly recently indeed and the person who did these awesome cuts is um kelvin kelvin
1: from oh. uh the los boros barber salon in uh off of Mill road on windy hill so there, there's a shout out to our our barbers yes that's where we get sheared um, I actually did get the beard trimmed believe it or not but yeah so here we are
0: but yeah so that's where we got our haircuts but we're what we're gonna be talking about today I was talking to you before we started recording and I, I was praying for some guidance on what to talk about right and I was like god please help me you know know and then know what to talk about have some give me some guidance and then what seemed to just get beamed to me like you already know, why are you even asking? It's talking about building the church or growing the church. And I'm not even sure how to tackle that question, but that's just the topic that was like, right?
1: Right. Um, there. So, there's, there's several ways there, there, there's two ways to, to, to grow a church that's um, letting people see the love of God and evangelism and you can't have one without the other it's like, it's like exercising without changing your food intake it doesn't do any good or changing your food intake without exercising that doesn't really help either so you don't get healthier unless you're doing both so you don't grow the church unless you're doing both Loving
0: people and evangelizing. Right.
1: And so, because once you bring them to your church, you want to make sure they feel loved when they get there, mm-hmm. not like just a face in the crowd or just a, a notch on your belt. Right. So uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, that's one thing I think the church has gotten very wrong is a lot of evangelical churches and Baptist churches and like that have put a big emphasis on, like, cold call evangelism.
0: Right, I've heard of the idea, I was like, alright youth group, I want y'all to go out and knock on people's doors, and when you come back next week, I want to hear how many people you invited to church.
1: Right. It's like, and Not a fan. Right. Speaking of not a
0: fan, this actually does tie in, because right. the book Not a Fan is about um, being a follower of Christ instead of... A, um, a fan of Christ, and a fan of Christ would just go around trying to invite people and be like, hey, it's going to be a great party, there's going to be food, there's going to be music, you should come, you know, selling Christ, right. trying to only show the best parts, the ones that are most appeasing to people. Appealing. Appealing, appeasing. Oh, well. Right. Um... But yes, instead of like trying to actually, you know, make disciples, you know, they're just right. you know, being like, hey. And, and
1: and my contention is, do not share the gospel of Christ with someone who you are not willing or able to make a disciple, because making believers is just not what the good commission says, great commission says. Um, but but rather than talk about what not to do. Uh, cause cold call evangelism can leave people feeling, um, jilted or abandoned after it's done and you don't want that. So you've got to, um, make sure that when you invite somebody that whatever they come to, they're going to feel loved. Like that's step one. Uh, step two, it's gotta be something more intimate. Than a big crowded room full of people singing and listening to someone talk. Uh, you need to bring them to, like, invite them to like a house get together, or a small group, right, or something like that.
0: Because that's where you actually build relationships. You know, I've had the most memorable experiences and growing closer with people in Christ um, through small groups,
1: right. So. Small groups are incredibly important. Um, And then the most important thing of all, I I can't stress this enough, is that you have got to behave like a member of the kingdom of God. Right. Um, You've got to be someone who acts like a Christian. And, and, And I don't just mean is good at pretending, mm-hmm. but some, someone who they look at how you are with people. They look at, at, at who you are as a person and they see a glimpse of Christ in you. And without that.
0: Right. And I think if y'all met us on the streets, you know, we've got rings, we've got bracelets, you know, we wear dark clothes. You probably wouldn't think, yes, this is white suburban, um, Christianity. You know, if you saw us, you might not even think necessarily we were Christians. You could infer by my Celtic cross, you know. And mine. <laughs> and Dad's. <laughs> Which, is, his is a tattoo. Mine's just a necklace. Right. Um, But, so...
1: I find your lack of
0: commitment disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, this is a bit of an off-tangent, a little bit. I have always really liked my Dad's Celtic cross tattoo. I thought it was neat. I wouldn't get it in um, his color, because his is like this kind of teal-green thing. Like, mine would probably be black or gray mm-hmm. sort of thing. Just got to say, I, th- I think his tattoo is pretty dope. Anyway, so, but, but getting back on track a little bit. Um, yeah, you wouldn't see us and necessarily think stereotypical Christianity, but if you saw us interacting with people... And talking with people, I would like to think that you would see us, like, loving people.
1: Yeah, you at least, I, I would say, like, I, I, I might, you know, bust the chops a little bit, but whenever your friends come over, I, I'd like to think that they feel loved in my house.
0: Right, and no one's felt like, oh, I hate your dad, or like, I feel uncomfortable around your dad. Right. It's like, it's like no, we joke around, you know, and all of that, but uh, at the end of the day... It's like we we all feel comfortable. To my knowledge, no one's complained. Right. You 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 have usurped their expectations, but you have not left them uncomfortable. From what I've heard. All right.
1: So exactly. So, well, I mean, we're 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 two guys. Um, my my wife is in El Paso right now for, on army orders. So it's most of the time it's just me, him, and the little one. So it's it's a it's a it's not quite a bachelor pad up in here, but... But it's a bachelor pad up in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there, there's nothing inappropriate happening, but we're not quite as tidy as we are when my wife is home. <laughs>
0: right. But, yeah, I'd like to think that if you saw us interacting, it's like, and like at, at school, like, I, I, I interact with people, I talk with
1: people, and... Must be nice. College is weird, y'all. Anyway... <laughs> COVID college is weird.
0: Um, yeah. And so, uh, and I'm able to talk with these people, and I disagree with them, but I don't think, I don't f- feel animosity towards most people. Right. So, and f- like for the most part, you know, when I interact with people, I, 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 I like to think that when people see me, they're seeing me interact, like with love, and like, you know, caring for these people. Even if it is, you know, we're mostly joking around.
1: Oh, same, Just same. Just fellowshipping. I you mean, know? um, no, it's it's and it's very important to me that that you know pe- people know that that I care about them and one of the ways I show I like care about them is is I, I playfully rib them a little bit you know I give my bust their chops I do that to this kid all the time so yeah. right um, but th- I mean that being said I'm also an old soldier so. Uh, uh, But the whole point is, you know, you've, you've got to invite them somewhere where they feel loved and they can see the love of God at work in people's lives. And, and, and
0: they can see how you love genuinely. Right. You know, uh, that's another thing. Yeah. I, I, I think it's fair to say that we don't really put on a show and we, no. we are basically the same people on the podcast as we are in real life. Um, and I've I've talked with people who know me on and off the podcast, work with me on and off the podcast, and they're like, yeah, you're basically the same person. Yeah. So. We Everybody's try to a little
1: bit on when there's a camera on you. I mean, you, yeah, just, you can't like, help it. It's he, it's human nature. But. Um.
0: When it helps when you're sitting at your kitchen table. That also helps know, a lot. Yeah. Just vibing.
1: But um. Yeah. So like, if you want to grow. The church authentically. You want to do it in a way that's that's meaningful and will uh, last. Um, so the, the first thing is uh, you've got to evangelize. You really you you have to go out and invite people. Uh, you've got to find people who want what you have, who want to be where you are. Uh, and and you know once you do that, they have to be lo- feel loved when they get here. And then and this is going to be counterintuitive. And then you've got to teach the hard stuff.
0: All right. Once you get them there. Once they feel loved and they have connections there, then you have to be like, "All right, so here's the difficult things."
1: Right, I mean, don't lead with that, Right. <laughs> but don't shy away from it either. Like,
0: right, it's like, do not omit that when you're telling people about this. But
1: right, um, well, because you know, um, you, we're you, you know trying to uh, do some things involving growing the church and growing God's kingdom, and you know. Uh, I, and I don't fault him this, and I agree to... to uh, I definitely agree on, on on a lot of levels. Ethan's excited because if church becomes more persecuted than it already has, and it, it's been pretty persecuted over this COVID thing under the guise of keeping people safe, um, then... you know, there's going to have to be uh, a smaller scale less centralized version of the church. And he's like, well, I mean, but if, if there is more persecution, at least being Christian will mean something again. It won't be something people make fun of you for. It'll be something people hate you for. And it's like, well, yeah, that just, that is what Jesus said.
0: <laughs> right. And we actually, you know, that's, that's a, he talk, Jesus talks about this on the sermon on the Mount, you know, with
1: beatitudes. He um, says the, that this is the only thing he said in the sermon on the Mount. He says three times.
0: Let's blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Goes on to say, and I talk about believers being the salt and light. Uh, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled on by men. You know, so, give
1: God praise when you're being persecuted,
0: because, you you know...
1: That means, as long as you're doing it right, it means you're over the target. (laughs) You can't take flack, unless you're over the target.
0: Over the target?
1: Um... In World War II, when they were doing bombing runs, mm-hmm. um, the anti-aircraft cannons would, would shoot shells, but they wouldn't try and directly hit the planes. The shells would get to a certain altitude and explode. Okay. And it would, it would just leave a cloud of shrapnel in the air. They called that shrapnel flak. Okay. And so when we ever heard taking flak, that's what it was. Like, like if, they, if they only went through one cloud of shrapnel there would never. The planes would never go down. But when they go through multiple clouds of shrapnel and is gumming up the engines and tearing everything apart, okay, then there's a problem. But you can only take shrapnel. These are bombers. I'm talking about. If you're over the target, makes sense. Okay. Okay, because the, the bombs on the, the on the bombers in World War II fell straight down. Right. They didn't just they didn't fire them off, they fell straight down. So you can't hit the target unless you're over it.
0: And and oh, and the target's trying to blow you up. Right. All right. That makes a lot more sense now. Okay. So, right, and that works <laughs> very well. You know, you only you, you only take shrapnel when you're over the target, when you're over what you're trying to hit. Right. You know, that's when you're going to be persecuted, and if you lose that, if you lose your saltiness, if you lose your flavor, you know, then...
1: Okay, so it's... it's. I know it sounds kind of like you, you Jesus saying, um, well, if it loses its saltiness, what good is it? It's chemically impossible for it to lose its saltiness. Unless it gets... I mean, if it gets diluted, it can't lose its saltiness. So so what Jesus is basically saying is you can't really lose your saltiness and and, and if you did you'd be worthless. If you could you'd be worthless. Mm-hmm. So and instead of saying don't lose your saltiness, he's basically saying you can't lose your saltiness and if you could you'd be worthless. Alright. So that that's my interpretation of it. So be the salt. You already are the salt, be the salt because you couldn't you can't lose your saltiness. Could, and, and and I can back that up a little bit because it says next, you are you are the light of the world. A city, city situated on a hill cannot be hidden.
0: Right. Right. So, praise God when we're being persecuted and be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Right. You know, because you already are through me, through Christ.
1: Right. Um, it's, it's like, it's not like you can stop being salty, so stop trying.
0: Right. Stop trying to not be salty. Right. I think, yeah. And like that, that's what a lot of like that. That's what a lot of Christians will fall into. It's like it's not that they, like, necessarily stop believing. It's just that they'll stop expressing it.
1: Right, and stop trying to live it, and stop trying or to never try it. to live
0: it, and um, or you know, stop or not ever tried to grow the kingdom of God. Right, and that's the thing. So, and this is the hardest things, you know. Once right. we. Get them here once they feel loved. This is what you start teaching them is that, you know. Um.
1: And, and what I would say is, when you first come to know Christ, you have that life-changing experience when things have been low, things have been bad. Or you reach that next level of your relationship with Christ where something just explodes in your mind and you realize how amazing God's love is. That's a great time. It's like a honeymoon. Mm-hmm it's it's that that part where you know you can't you, you can't stop reading the Bible. you can't think think about God without you know, getting excited about his love and you know what he does for you. Um, don't ruin the honeymoon. But the honeymoon passes just like it always does in every relationship. And you've got to let people know, just like in every other relationship, okay, listen, it's great that you had that. We're glad for you. we had it too. It does fade. Bad things do happen. It's to be expected. This is where your relationship with Christ really begins. That honeymoon phase was great, but you can't stay there. You'll never live there. What you can do is behave as if you were living there, even though you're not feeling it. But, you know, during that first time, you encourage them. You rejoice with them because it's a great thing to see. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. just a really fun.
0: Right, it's it's a great thing to see um, people growing in their faith, and like, like when we've had small groups at our house, like seeing the little baby steps, like the first things Mm -hmm. um, that they start like internalizing. It's like, it's a great thing to see.
1: And then you know when you see someone who just that, that switch flips and they're just on fire for God, understand that that's a great thing and it's normal. And two, it'll pass. And when it does, you need to have you need you need to be there, ready to say, "Okay, listen, it was supposed to pass. You can't stay there."
0: Right, uh, I was gonna say something.
1: Jesus says, "In your life, you will have trouble."
0: Right, right, right. right. that's not what I was saying though. Oh, uh, but like. <laughs> the devil does not like it when you give your life to Christ and um, they they like to they, they talk this is C.S. Lewis talked about this in the screwtape letters right. great book every christian should read it agreed um it's really interesting and entertaining but um you know screwtape was talking to wormwood about how his um his patient had um uh he said that he had followed Christ and he was like "Ah, that's unfortunate but um, we're sure it'll pass well sure this will be a phase and we can use that to our advantage you know to turn them away from Christ but you know and that's also where we need to fall back on our fellow Christians you know mm-hmm. the, the people that um, helped us grow in our faith it doesn't stop once we say I want to be a Christian right Um, that's when you really need to fall back on people so that you can stay through and continue to grow in your faith. Right. Once you have the initial.
1: So, um, and, and, and it has to be this strong. Um, when I was, when I was married to my second wife, I made a huge mistake, like a huge, unforgivable, terrible mistake. Um, And I was in a small group at the time uh, called Band of Brothers. And uh, the next youngest guy in it was like 58. And this is when I was like 29, 30. Wow, it was 10 years ago. Anyway. And instead of casting me out and treating me like a pariah for making a mistake, the guys said, was it wrong what you did? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want to do the right thing from now on to the best of my ability? Yes. And they said, then we all make mistakes. You know, we still love you. We still want you around. And so, but they didn't didn't dismiss what I did. They didn't validate what I did. But they said, since you want to do better, and you acknowledge that you sinned, that's all we need.
0: Right. You know, when when David had that, um, those shenanigans with, it was Bathsheba, right? Yeah, the it was Bathsheba, yeah. on the roof. Um, you know, he was like, he knew he had really messed up. You know, he was really crying out to God and stuff. Um, so...
1: And, um, I mean, there were consequences. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, God didn't let him get away with it. Uh, didn't let him off the hook, but he forgave him. And there were consequences for my mistake. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. But, um, they loved me through it and they made sure I was, uh, still welcome and, and caring and cared about and, you know, they still let me teach. <laughs> so, it's it's one of those things where we have to love each other like that. We can't treat sin um, that has been confessed and repented of as a bar or a, a barrier to service, or you know, a, a proof that uh, a lack, proof of a lack of salvation. So that's one of those things where uh, the, the, the only thing that would make that makes me question people's salvation. And even then, I'm not going to say they're not saved. The only thing that makes me question people's salvation is when they do something that they know is wrong and they don't care. Right. So, and I do it again. It's like, well, OK, hold on.
0: <laughs> right. That, 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 that's when you have to start. Wondering that that's that's where one starts wondering it's like how important is your relationship to Christ
1: because obedience is the most Important way you can show love to him Mm -hmm. and you have made obedience to him secondary to your own desires Like you wouldn't accept that in any relationship Right It's like yeah, I love you, but I really want to sleep with this other person Mhm. It's like but you always come first. Right. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 the most important to me, but I just really want to sleep with this other person. So I'd rather you didn't. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. And that means that relationship is over or very dysfunctional.
0: Mhm.
1: Uh some people might say that that's like an enlightened way to be, but I'm hmm.
0: I don't think that way. I can't agree. Yeah. Well, like, of course I'd say that, especially if he's like, hey, my dad's saying, I don't think this is the way to be. Of course I'd say, well, yeah, dad does. <laughs> <laughs> but so, hey, that's an interesting thing between me and my dad. Um, we agree on a lot of things because he has, like, rules and stuff, but, like, I, I understand them and they make sense to me. Which I I don't think that's all. That's something everybody has.
1: Oh, well, I, I I am vulnerable with my son in that like a lot of stuff I'm making it up as I go along. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just figuring it out. I mean, he's the oldest, so I mean, he's yeah, I'm the guinea pig. He's the, absolutely the guinea pig and, and the experiment, but um, yeah, and, and what what was always important to me growing up was I didn't like don't do this so you won't be bad or if you do this you'll be bad it's whenever possible do this so you can be good Mm -hmm. and if a don't is is unavoidable it's like don't do this So you can be a better person. So you can be stronger. You know, because that will weaken you. Right. Um and I know you can be better than that. I hope you can be better than me. I believe you can. (laughs) Because that's and that's another thing I've been very honest about. It's like, it's not do as I say, not as I do. It's 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 do as do as I say not as I did. so, so that you can avoid some of the pitfalls and mistakes that I've made, and that's what every father wants for their kids is right. is to be better than they were, so but at least I'm honest about no, I didn't, and it caused me these problems. so if you don't want those problems, don't do that thing
0: right, and this kind of mentorship thing really does um. It is relevant to the conversation of growing the church because, like we've been saying, making disciples, not, not um, believers, it's like this, making disciples disciples is a mentorship thing. It is teaching people how to walk in their faith and some of the, things, the guidelines or rules or whatever um, that it takes for you to grow in your faith.
1: And the best way to do that is to slowly start uh, just teach them how to be deci- mentored by Christ and the Holy Spirit so that they they can slowly stop depending on you uh, for their spiritual growth and, and their relationship with God. Because uh, the longer they're depending on you, the more likely you are to disappoint them and to show them behavior that God would not approve of. And then you can either say, well, that's not actually wrong. Or you can say, no, yeah, I messed up. And quite frankly, a lot of people don't have the strength to say, "Yeah, yeah, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that."
0: Right. And so that that's that's how that little, as like, kind of rationalizing our little tangent off to um, like my dad makes sense to our current conversation, which is growing the church. You know, right. the, and
1: yeah, the only way to grow grow the church is to make disciples. Evangelism is cute, but you're not growing the church unless you're making more disciples.
0: Right. Um, and we, there, there's a reason why we had a whole series of three, a three-part series on the fundamentals of discipleship. Right. An episode called The Cost of Discipleship, and how we're talking about growing the church now, and discipleship is being thrown around a lot. Because the whole thing has only ever been disciples. Right. It's only ever been people who are following Christ to the best of their abilities. That is what the church is.
1: Right. Right. And, um, baptize them as part of that, but baptizing is the beginning of their discipleship journey, not the end. Right. Like that is not your goal. That is your starting point. Like until they are ready to take that step, they're not ready to be a disciple. Right. Um, salvation is a different weird thing. I'm, I, Salvation is unknowable for the most part. Because you catch people at different times in their maturity, different different um, levels of experience. And so you can't really make a judgment call exactly on salvation because... Um,
0: well, it's not our call.
1: It's not our call. Uh, we, we, are, we can judge fruit. Right. And the fruit of the Spirit... You looked that up. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. There might be a couple more, but, you know, that's a, a bit of the list. Do they show all of those characteristics to some extent? At all? You know? And... And that's that's the whole point.
0: Right. Um, but, yeah. I'm willing to say that... It, like. We can't be like, oh yes, that person is saved. But personally for you, it's like, am I saved? Do I, you know, it's like you have to... For you to answer your question, it's like, am I saved? Do I have salvation? You have to answer the question, do I believe, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right. You know, and then he died for my sins and rose three days after.
1: Right. Um, I mean... Yeah, it's like, do I believe he's the only way to be saved? Do I love him and and God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? And am I willing to try to love my neighbor even when they're annoying? You know?
0: Right, and that's a hard thing. It really is. We were just talking about this dude at school. Right. Who is a real bother to me. And um, I gotta say, I, uh, I it, when I have interacted with him, I have interacted with him in a respectful way. But outside of that, I can't say I've been a good example. Oh
1: <laughs> um, yeah, And well, what, what I have to say is, there was never a more loving person than Jesus Christ. We all agree on that. Um, and he called the Pharisees a nest of vipers. Whitewashed tombs. Full of dead men's bones. Well,
0: right. And, like, here's here's what I'm saying. It's like, I have not been very good about, like, letting go. And, like, letting go of my frustration and anger towards this person. Right. But you are right. Sometimes loving someone is to call them out on their BS.
1: Right. And so... In fact, not loving somebody, someone to allow them to continue in um, false teachings or destructive behaviors, you got to be like, "Listen, man, that's not that's not God's best for you."
0: Well, and that's what we were saying earlier, right? When you have to fall back on your your fellow Christians, and um, it's like when you mess up, because you will.
1: Right, and as long as you confess that you messed up and repent then that's the end of it. They're just going to love you through the consequences, which are undoubtedly coming right for, um, for your sin. And so that's, that's the point is, is that, you know, someone says, I messed up. Christians, we're like, yes, you did. Um, do you want to not mess up next time? Do you want to stop doing that thing that was messed up? Uh, yes, I do. And I'm sorry. Um, I really failed God on this one. It's like, yes, you did and you're forgiven and we're going to we're going to pray with you, we're going to love you, and I believe the Holy Spirit can empower you to do better next time. And it's got to be that way. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this
0: is the hard thing.
1: This is the hard thing. This is the thing that nobody wants to talk about, that nobody likes to deal with. And that's um It is hard to do that because sometimes people will do something like, "How? How? What? Were you thinking? (laughs) That's there's there's no justifying. I know there's no justifying that I really messed up. You're right. You did, and you're sorry. (sighs) Okay, we love you. (laughs) We still love you.
0: Right. Yes. This is what growing the church
1: is. This is what's growing. I mean, growing the authentic church. Is, right, is,
0: because we're not here to sell Christ to no. you.
1: No. Like, we're if you're, here
0: for you to sell yourself to Christ.
1: Exactly. And and it's like, to, to some extent we are selling Christ. But we're not selling an experience, we're selling a relationship. Right. And if they're not willing to fully embrace the relationship that Christ offers, then we have to give them a glimpse of it with how we love them. Right. Until they are willing to accept the relationship that Christ offers. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, so hard and scary and necessary. Because there will be people who come up into your church who you don't like, who don't like you, and you gotta love them anyway. And they're, you know, they're they're put there to show you how God loves you because there's there's times when you do things that God doesn't like. You're forgiven, and it's it, that's different. That's a bad example actually, because God's not saying they're ticking off every sin you have. You're forgiven. The blood of Christ has covered all of your sins. When God looks at you, He sees His Son. It's just that He set up the world to have consequences when you break His rules. Right. And when you follow his rules,
0: right? Because consequences isn't a purely negative thing, like we connotate it in the uh, in the English language.
1: Right? Because oh. I mean, a consequence of sowing is reaping, mm-hmm. and reaping is fun,
0: <laughs> especially when you've sowed well. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And that's that. That's I'm not talking about reaping money, guys. <laughs> I'm talking about you know reaping a harvest of of, of people who want to become disciples
0: right um, like we said earlier when you actually see people taking a step farther in their faith right or you know something finally clicks mm-hmm. it's like that that that's that's the sowing that's
1: the, the reaping
0: reaping that's what I meant that's yeah. the reaping that's talking about but yeah closing off with reaping. You know we talked about growing church, mm-hmm. growing a church and we just talked about what reaping looks like. And so yeah.
1: You yeah. sow Christ and reap disciples. That's that's how that works.
0: Right. <laughs> so to uh, tie it all up, you grow the church
1: by yeah, the, you know what? I could not put it any better than that. Yeah. By sowing Christ and reaping disciples.
0: Right. By sowing Christ and reaping disciples and how you sow Christ is by inviting people over. And once you get them to a small group or something, so that they can actually build a relationship, you make sure that they feel loved in that relationship. And then you make them disciples. You teach them to be disciples. And once that is done, after you have sowed Christ, you will reap disciples, God willing. So yeah. So Christ rape disciples. And that's how you grow the church. Indeed. So
1: that will you please pray us out, Dad. Indeed. Uh, our Dad in heaven, uh, you are holy, you are mighty, and you have everything we need to turn this world upside down again for Christ. And I praise you for that, Lord. Um let your will be done. Uh, let your kingdom come, on earth and in heaven. But on earth, Lord, we need it now. Uh, in Jesus' name, let your kingdom come. And give us everything we need to be a part of it. To help grow your kingdom, in the ways that only, that you have for us and the work that you have for us. Um. Forgive us when we fall short. Um, Help us do better. And help us forgive the people who sin against us, regardless of how annoying they are. And uh, keep us away from that temptation and uh, deliver us from Satan and his minions. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.